Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Short & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. There was a time in the not very distant past when there was no such thing as tourism. People only left their hometown if they really had to, if politics or economics forced them to move to another city or another country. Cities were built for people who live there. Streetcar lines, for example, were laid out to get citizens to work in shops, not to ferry tourists into the French Quarter. Today, the popularity of New Orleans as a tourist destination threatens the very existence of some parts of the city as local neighborhoods. In this climate, locals have a love-hate relationship with tourism and tourists. On the one hand, we love to welcome people to our city and enjoy our everyday life, On the other hand, we don't want to be swamped by people whose short-term interest in our city mitigates against the long-term good. My lunch guests today are both in businesses that, in very different ways, are places in the Venn diagram of New Orleans where local and tourist circles overlap. Dennis Pierce is general manager of the Roosevelt Hotel. The Roosevelt is one of New Orleans' oldest hotels. It opened in 1893 before there was mass tourism and many of its luxurious appointments like the famous Blue Room and the legendary Sazerac Bar were built to entertain locals, not tourists. Dennis still runs the hotel today with an eye to incorporating locals into its daily life although the bulk of the hotel's business is filling its $100 million worth of renovated rooms with high-end travelers. Dennis is fascinating and expensive balancing that act. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Nick Reed also has a business where locals and tourists meet. If you've been out at night in New Orleans since 2015 when Nick launched Bike Right with his partner Blake Owens, you might have seen a huge group typically from 200 to 600 bike riders riding on bikes that are lit up like neon Christmas trees. The whole thing is accompanied by pumping music, and every one of these people look like they're having the best night of their life. It's hard to look at one of those bike parties without thinking, wow, I'd like to do that. Which is why Bike Ride has grown from a fun idea to a successful business with six full-time employees and plans to expand beyond New Orleans to other cities. Nick, welcome out to lunch. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Now, Dennis, I'll start with you. As the general manager of a hotel the size of the Roosevelt, you're running multiple businesses. Any one of them would be a full-time job into itself. There are multiple restaurants, bars, a day spa, catering, convention, and private function facilities. And on top of that, you have 504 guest rooms that you need to fill every night in competition with every other hotel and accommodation option in New Orleans. You're part of the Waldorf Astoria chain, so I imagine that you have strict budgets to keep and targets to meet. It sounds like an extraordinarily stressful challenge. As general manager, is the performance of every aspect of the hotel ultimately your responsibility? And at the end of the day, is it all on you? Yes. <laughs> that was not the answer I was well, hoping for. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I got my master's in industrial psychology, and 
people ask, well, you're in the hotel business. And I'm like, well, yes, I use, I use psychology every single day. I mean, it's, it's amazing. But, yes, yeah, certainly we are responsible for, or I am responsible for the entire hotel, everything with the operation every single day. So ultimately it, it starts and ends with me. If I asked uh, employees, what is your management style, what would they say? Don't worry, well, I haven't done this. This is really good. Oh, okay. Well, no, obviously very hands-on, uh, lead by example. Uh, never tell my staff or the team members to do anything that I would never do. So it's, I think that's very important. Uh, I tell people I never – you can't run the hotel from your office. And, you know, there's key guest op opportunities that, that you really should be in the lobby or you should be with the team members. You should be on the floors. You should be inspecting rooms and uh, being – you know, don't forget about your restaurant, don't forget about your bar, and, and, and look at the different experiences that your guests have, whether it be for breakfast, lunch, dinner, entertainment. Uh, you always want to be engaged. And so if I went to the hotel, I might see you walking around? Always. Yeah. Do, and do you put you, up the Christmas trees at Christmas? That I, is a, I do. That's uh, really, you do an excellent job, Dennis. Now, Nick, bike rides started out as a lark, something to do on a Tuesday night with friends. It very quickly grew in popularity. Now you're leading city bike tours for bachelorette parties, Conventioneers doing team building, locals, tourists, you even have a health and yoga city bike ride. Basically, this is just a bunch of people riding bikes. What kind of nerve have you hit here that appeals to such a wide range of people? What is the attraction that is making this business so successful? I think that the attraction is that everybody already has a love, or maybe used to have a love as a young, a young kid for riding bikes. So I just took that love and brought it back to us as far as now we're adults and we get to enjoy that passion and see the city that we love with the lights and, it's, and the music and it's just all combined. It's like like a memorable time that a lot of people love. So they enjoy it and come back and tell others. And then when I, when I go by these groups, it seems like a lot of people know each other, but a lot of people don't know each other. No, it's, yeah. it's a perfect way to network. It's a perfect way to meet new friends and new people. A lot of people, I mean, we even have somebody who met that's getting married in the next year. Oh, at the ride. We have we've had people propose and everything on the ride. Yeah. <laughs> but again, as they say in those mutual fun ads, your your results may differ. You can't, <laughs> can't promise that kind of thing. Right. But and where do the routes go? I seem to see them in lots of different places. Yeah, it's typically I mean, since the city is not as big, you know, as other major cities or big cities, we tend to stay in the C B D French Quarter area, but we also sometimes take a mid city route where we take the, the Greenway, the Lafitte Greenway, or we're going to Bywater area as well, around Charters and the Crescent Park. So it's, and we also come in the uptown area. Magazine, it's kind of tricky because magazine is not too bike friendly, so we have to right. watch that because of the safety of the riders for That's right, for get, sure. finally get bike lanes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't know if magazine... Uh, somewhere. Maybe, not, maybe not magazine, but <laughs> yeah, other, like, other places you can go. They, uh, yeah, they, they're working on complete streets right now. So a person can bike, walk, catch the bus, and drive. Oh. And, uh, and the city has a lot of money coming into it for that. Yeah, because I, sometimes I see bikes strapped to the front of buses, and yeah, yeah you, can, you can get the whole thing going. What, um, you know, I'm looking at these bikes when they come by, and maybe it's the business professor in me, but I'm thinking... These have got to break down. There's got to have accidents. Are you in charge of that entire fleet? Oh, well, we, me and my business partner own up to 100 bikes. So we're in charge of all our bikes, for sure. But for the social ride, a lot of people bring their own bikes. Now, we're, we're willing to help, of course. We don't leave anybody stranded. If right. they break down or something, we're going to help. But, you know, for the most part, they're in charge of their own bike and taking care of it. You know, wow. that's not our duty. Now that I'm like everybody else and wonder how I can get to do this, roughly what does it cost to do? 
Oh, it's free. You bring your own bike, it's free. If not, we have rentals for $25 to $30. So when you do a tour, it's $30 per person. And so we do groups of 10 plus. Sometimes we have a big tour where we might have 100 people. We have church rides that we've done 100 to small rides where it just might be a family reunion that just wants to enjoy a family. Like there's a group that books every Christmas Eve and they dress up like reindeers and stuff like that. And we go see the Christmas lights and they take family portraits and stuff. So it's, we pretty much like engage with everyone and we cater to everyone's needs. You know, if you want to structure it a certain way. I love you. Know the part that really got me is the other. Everybody's trying to find a new team building exercise, but that's a terrific yeah, one. It's perfect. We've <laughs> done stuff with the Jazz Fest committee. They come out there when they need when it, when it's like really when it's I guess it's about to be that rough season right before they right. have to get ready for Jazz Fest. They come out there and just let loose. We go bar hopping and we have fun. <laughs> Now, I've, Dennis, when I think of the Roosevelt, I see a nice mix, but what is the official mix between tourism, tourists and, and locals in there? That, that stay at the hotel? Uh, no, that are actually probably just walking through, say. Oh, well, I mean, if you, if like you look at... the restaurants and... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously a, a very local attraction as well. And, and so, but, but we do have a lot of tourists that come in as, as well as stay at the hotel. I mean, we will run... 73% or so uh, annualized uh, at the hotel. and, and so occupancy. 73% yeah. occupancy. Yeah. Yeah. So we do have a lot of locals, a lot of locals that visit the Sazerac Bar, which is very important. The Fountain sure. Lounge, we do have some great entertainment in there um, on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, uh, and on, we have Amanda de Corbier that plays in there. She was one of the voice final, uh, one of the voice contestants. Uh, so she does extremely well in there. A lot of people like to visit Dominica. You know, um, let's use Dominica <clears throat> as an example. It's in there. Do you manage it? Or no, is it that it's actually uh, it's a leased operation. So, um, but it is inside the hotel. So you couldn't get me a discount on a pizza. Uh, well, no. Okay, that's. Uh, <laughs> it's. Well, we do have the Fountain Lounge, which has incredible. Uh, you know, we do breakfast, lunch, and dinner and entertainment in there. Uh, Sazerac, we also have Teddy's Cafe in there as well. It has oh, yeah. just a tremendous amount of pastries. Our pastry chef at the hotel is incredible. Here's the thing I'm thinking about: is to have such an institution. I guess it was closed from. For a couple of years, right after Katrina. It was closed for two years, yes. Yeah. It, when you go to make changes and improvements, and you have something that's been there that long, do you get, um, do people, you know, kind of, you know, stop you a little bit? And uh, do you have to kind of get things approved? Some people don't want anything to be changed. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're Waldorf Astoria Hotel, and which is a, a brand of Hilton. And so any, any changes we make from a design perspective would have to be proved by the ownership group and also approved by Hilton. Uh, so you get Hilton on that Hotels. side, but what about locals? Like, you know, they, oh, I used to love this, but now they changed it. it yeah, well, the thing is, is when we did the renovation, they spent, they really spent about 160 million dollars in the hotel and so they stripped it down to the bones and they they really uncovered a lot of stuff that when it was a fair mob that they they actually covered up i mean if you walk through the lobby the mosaics that are in the lobby floor that was covered by rugs and so oh. when we went in there and and um and when we did the renovation we uncovered a lot of stuff that was covered up isn't so, that great about yeah, new orleans where you just uh, i know they like the lakefront airport they found all kinds yeah. of art deco murals underneath it's, yeah. it's a good I place mean, to dig Absolutely. There's, uh, now, Nick, what is the uh, liability situation? Uh, do you have insurance? Or? Yes, I have insurance, and we also have waivers that people sign. Okay, yeah. So that, and in a waiver, we state that you drive, you ride at your own risk, and you know you kind of sign away on that, basically. 
I can see that you would have more interest in fixing potholes in the city than just about anybody. Oh, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. But the good thing is, is that because we've been doing this for so long, I pretty much know the routes where we can avoid all that. Oh, that is great. I'm so we, we, we kind of do the rise first before we have people that's, that's you know, because we're in, we in charge. Even though they sign a waiver, I don't want that to yeah. have anything to happen on my watch. I think I'm just going to have you sit in my car and tell me what to, <laughs> what to avoid. That is a, what, about, um, what about regulations? I laugh. New Orleans, like, for instance, you can hold your own parade for a few bucks in here. What are regulations like on this? Um, honestly, outside of the times when we had about 600 people riding, we got called into the city to, into city hall and had a meeting. I mean, they, they kind of just explained to us that we can't, we don't, we don't have to have like a permit because it's like a, it's not a, a parade or a second line, but and we're we're constantly moving. But if we're blocking up streets too long and stuff like that, and the police see us, then that that will become a problem because people were, were complaining when we were kind of like doing too much is is as opposed to like structuring it but once we have safety riders and we have a safety vehicle to help us and sometimes we do get a, a, a police escort so that helps the situation and then some people just get out their car and they, they love it you know and they, yeah. they take pictures and, and oh i'm and, part of that yeah game. yeah there's a <laughs> so it helps us out with the community you're listening to out to lunch i'm peter raschuti i'm talking with nick reed co-founder of bike right the social bike ride business and dennis pierce General Manager of the Roosevelt Hotel. And Dennis, let me ask you, one of the things people talk about in lodging all over this town is two things. One, uh, the effect of Airbnb, and the other is we're building so many hotels. I sometimes think if you leave your office too long for lunch, it becomes a boutique hotel. I, uh, what's that competition like? It's, it's fierce. I mean, we, you know, we, we are a luxury hotel, and, um, and, but there's so many great upper upscale nice hotels out there. And not just that. I mean, it's just the hotel supply has been incredible. There's, you know, 5,500 new hotel rooms in the city between 2017 and 2020 in the pipeline. Whoa. So there's a lot of inventory coming out. And so obviously it, there's fierce competition, not just from a room perspective, but from an event space perspective, from when it, wedding venues are also very, uh, you know, it's difficult on us. And you talk about Airbnb. I mean, Airbnb is a, is a fierce competitor with us, especially over transient events. I mean, last year, for Jazz Fest, they had 22,000 room nights booked through Airbnb. And so it is a fierce competitor for us. I mean, we, you know, it's not the old age where you can just put this big rate out there and that you're going to automatically sell out now, but it, because it, you certainly, it takes your revenue managing and, and, and that, that rate is going to continue to shift until you get hit that sweet spot to be able to sell all your rooms. So it well, takes time. This, this happens in every industry where it just kind of expands too fast. Are we out over our skis in terms of uh, lodging? What do you think the demand's there? Or maybe we have to... Well, I think the issue with the city is that we want to continue to grow and grow the city. I, I think uh, one, of the, one of the issues is that when, you, when it comes to citywide conventions in the, in the city, it's difficult for us to lure a lot of these big, big citywides that we used to in the past, a lot of the medical citywides and things that really drive a lot of pressure. And they could have, what, 30,000 They have a lot of rooms. Yeah. The thing is, is that a lot of hotels are not giving up all their inventory now to, or giving up enough inventory to a convention to secure them. So, and, and I think they certainly need another convention-type hotel in, in the city, another anchor whether it be at the convention center, so that we can get get some more and give more inventory to groups to to lure the larger groups, it will help us all. You can manage that too. Yeah, that absolutely. That would be the. I have to ask you. I've always wondered which is which is it, Huey Long or Erlong that used your hotel as kind of a its base camp. That was Huey Long. 
<laughs> I bet there's some stories about that. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, they, they say he built Airline Highway, right, so we can get a shorter route to get to the, to get to the hotel from Baton Rouge. <laughs> My man, he was. <laughs> he, he loved the Ramus Gin Fizz. I understand. <laughs> Dennis, Nick, this is the part of the show we call another great idea. Maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got a great idea for you. They tell you about this job you should apply for, or that guy you should have a cup of coffee with, or a great investment opportunity you should jump on. You can take advice like this and it turns out to be a disaster, or you can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that might have turned out really great. Or you can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. And do you have an example in your life or your career of a friend who had a great idea for you? Did you take their advice and how did it turn out? I'll start with you, Nick. Well, one of the uh, turning point in my life was when I was accepted to an art institution in San Francisco. And I was engaged at the time. And now, was this after uh, Xavier? Yes, or, this okay, is right after right. Xavier. And so I, was, I thought long and hard on it, but I just, I just wanted to stay in the city because I had so much passion for it and I wanted to add and move the culture forward. So I, I ended up staying and I, and I don't regret that to this day. Even though I love art, I'm, be, I'm able to be creative in other forms, you know, yeah. with the type of stuff that I do, especially with the bikes. And, and I, I also as well part on a bar. So I get to develop events and, and stuff like that. So I'm yeah. good with it. And your, your partner, you, you found it. At college too, right? Yes. 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 Well, we both we both graduated from Saint Augustine High School, and we went to Xavier University together. But oh. we we kind of wasn't. The crazy part is we wasn't friends or anything at high school. It wasn't until yeah. Xavier University we we linked up. And if you decide to scale this to San Francisco, where you're thinking of going to art school, that either more gears or stronger calves or something, that would be a really weird <laughs> yes, thing to yes, do in San yes, Francisco. Yes. They, Dennis, what about yourself? Well, I, I tell you, I've had, again, um, born and raised in New Orleans and have a lot of passion for the city and wanted to stay here. I, uh, I've had a lot of people in my life, quite honestly, that gave me a lot of great advice and, and have kind of molded me and mentored me into where I am today. Um, you know, I got out of grad school, and as I mentioned, industrial psychology, and my, I came to New Orleans, back to New Orleans, from uh, went to Tulane, I went to Louisiana Tech and came back here. And um, got into the ho- got into the hotel business. I mean, my, my mother helped me get into it with, uh, I don't know if those hoteliers out there will remember Hans Juan Flu. And, and uh, my mother actually worked for the, uh, the owners of the Hilton, Lester Kabakoff. Oh, oh. Yeah, and this in your blood. And she still works for the family to this day, although Mr. Kabakoff has since passed. Um, but, you know, just interviewing with Mr. Kabakoff and, and with Hans Juan Flu and really got me into the business and, and just kind of people just mentored me and gave me some great advice as I went around and, and how I've built my career and structured my career. And uh, there's another person, Gary Froba, who was re- really instrumental in, in, in my career as well. And I know a lot of people out there listening will, will know who these, these guys were like the, some of the last of the great hoteliers in, in, in New Orleans. And, um, and then Mr. Kabakoff, I know you know who Mr. Kabakoff is. I mean, what an incredible man and very instrumental in creating the, the city as we know it today in the riverfront. So, uh, just gave me some great advice, and, and I'm, I'm very proud to be where I am. And, and with, were they honest with these. you? Did they tell you about the pros and cons of the business? Absolutely. And and you know, but you learn when you're in the operation side of the of the hotel business. I mean, if you'll you'll quickly understand or get to know whether it's for you or not. 
And, you know, I, I'm from New Orleans. I got a lot of passion for this city. And, and really working for some of these iconic hotels means so much to me, and I'm very proud of it. And, you know, again, even being at the Royal Orleans is, I tell people, being at the Royal Orleans was, it's like a, it, those are the type of jobs that people strive to want to be to work for, right? Um, and, but when you get to the Roosevelt, right, that's your dream job. And so here I am, I, you know, it, it, uh, it's, it's just a wonderful place and so many, so many great stories about that hotel. And anytime you talk to somebody in New Orleans, you talk about locals at that hotel. Yeah. But when you tell someone that you work at the Roosevelt, everyone has a story about that hotel, whether they visit, whether they had a story at the Sazerac, whether their parents got married in the Blue Room, or whether they saw entertainment in the Blue Met Room. Met my or wife in the Blue Room, every, I hear that all the time. their wife in the Blue Room, yep. it was their first date. But now I they're mean, meeting people on bike rides. Things are really picking up. Maybe <laughs> 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 we should partner, maybe they should come get married at the Blue Room, right? Right, that would be kind of some, you have a beautiful church right next to you, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, that, that kind of, uh, yeah, very kind of works out. And Nick, one question I was going to ask is that I was so fascinated to, to get you on the show because you're kind of at a, a funny crossroads. I mean, what what happens next? Do you scale? How do you become more profitable? I guess these are the things you're thinking about every day. Yeah, it's, it's I'm definitely thinking about it because right now the market is kind of oversaturated with people developing their own businesses. So have there been blueprint. some copycats? Oh, yes, 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 definitely. And then now the city... Did you flatten their, bi- their no, no, tires no. or anything? <laughs> That's what I would have done. There. And yeah. now the city has their um, the blue bikes. I know you've seen them everywhere. Yeah, yep. And we're actually working with them because they want us to help them market and get into the communities because we already have those built-in relationships with people from doing the rides over years. So between that and we also do a bike fest, an annual bike fest, I think we want to just move into, like, the festivals and... You don't do the naked bike rider thing in the no, summer? No, okay, no, just no, to no, no. check. Not that I was writing that down at all. I was just... Uh, that is... Uh, what, and, you know, marketing for this. Um, you're a young guy. I assume a lot of social media? A lot of social media. You know, that's the best way to to tap, to tap into the millennial market is just so through through mostly social media and word of mouth. At first, it was a secret, so that uh, that kind of like intensified it because people wanted to find out. So when when people they'll talk to people, it was like, oh well, you have to know these guys, and they sent out an email at a certain time that day, and then everybody meets up there. So it'll be like we might meet up at High Ho, High Ho Lounge on St. Claude, right. but nobody would know up leading up to the ride up until three hours before the ride. So that 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 kind of like was intriguing for a lot of people to want to do it. So that's how the numbers grew and grew and grew and, and the brand stuck. And of course, when I every time I see your group, I think one of the great advertisements you have is the bikes going down the street, right? Right. Because <laughs> right. a lot of times we have our business cards on us, and we also have sometimes banners that we have. And whenever we see someone taking a picture or anything, we ask them if they'd like to join or, or do the ride one time. You know, we give them a card or something. And we also have, like, some connections with um, hotels where the, the, the concierge would help us out. If anybody from out of town wants to do it, like, they might go back and say, well, so what's going on with these bikes with lights? Yeah. I want to try that. Do you know anybody? <laughs> so that's perfect for us. I'm coming, by the way. Is uh, <laughs> There, frankly, are not many places in New Orleans where locals and tourists rub shoulders and are happy to get along. Dennis and Nick 
Although there are vast differences between your businesses at the Roosevelt and on a decorated bike seat, you've both created environments that are equally appreciated by locals and tourists. I'm sure there are people who meet each other at the Roosevelt and at Bike Ride who go on to have lifelong friendships. Uh, you're both making invaluable contributions to the life and culture of New Orleans. It's been a real pleasure to meet you. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today and out to lunch. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Dennis Pierce, General Manager of the Roosevelt Hotel, and Nick Reed, co-founder of Bike Right. You can find out more about Dennis's hotel and Nick's bikes by following the links on our website, itsneworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Maggie Mendel. You can listen to the show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and It's New Orleans Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Schuert & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. 